Good morning. Good morning to this precious morning. It's so good to see every one of you. I'm saying that by faith, particularly those of you that are online. And um, this morning, may the Lord open your eyes, open our ears, open our hearts, and then open our hands to be his servants. So today, I would like to ask you a question. See if you can find yourself in the, in the scripture today. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you and let him use you for his glory. Yeah, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your word is so good and rich. And it feeds us, directs us, cleanses us empowers us so let it be today that every hearer hear the word of the Lord we thank you we thank you that your will be done and your kingdom come in Jesus name amen from Acts chapter 10 let me share something with you today from Acts chapter 10 I want you to see if you can find yourself. I'm asking a question today. Are you on the adventure? Are you on the adventure? Are you in it? Are you in the middle of what God is doing? You know the book of Acts is, is the, rec the record of what the Holy Spirit did through his church. And he's still working through his church. The question is, are you, are you in the action are you being written? Is a story about you going to be the adventure of what God does through your life by the Holy Spirit? Cornelius, Cornelius in chapter 10 of Acts was a captain, a centurion of, of the battalion called the Italian cohort. And it was a very special man because the Bible says things about him that you don't normally have recorded. The Bible says that he was a devout man. He was influential, obviously, if he commanded at least 100 soldiers. And of course, he was in Rome's army. And he was indeed, he was indeed the, the ruling class, the ruling force, among the ruling force in Jerusalem. He was an influential man. He had at least 100 soldiers. He was devout. He was disciplined. He was passionate about his, his relationship with God. And he was disciplined in his approach to God. He was a God-fearing man. He feared God. That means he loved righteousness. And he hated evil. He was a family man. The Bible says he had his whole house under subjection. To his personal disciplines under God and, and not only that he was a generous man he gave alms he gave so much until the Jewish people considered him famous because how he his giving solved problems that's very powerful giving alms was always to an issue that needed to be solved could be the poor, could be the building of a building, could be the support of something that would bless everybody. Cornelius was that kind of giver. So much so until he had notoriety and he was loved 
even though he was from the ruling class, even though he was from the culture that was, was over Israel, he was loved by them because of his giving to them. Amazing. And, and he was also a man of prayer, so much so until his giving and his prayers came up before God. This devout man um, whose giving, his lifestyle, his passion for God, his love for people and for the people of God, his, the, the ordering of his household, so much so until this lifestyle the Bible says in verse 4, had ascended, your prayers and your giving has ascended to heaven. It's a really interesting thing. I wonder if that applies to you. Are you devout? Are you in the presence of God every day in his word? Are you listening to the Holy Spirit and following what he wants? Do you have your household under the discipline of the word of God and the presence of God? This was the man that the Holy Spirit chooses and picks him out in history and writes about him. The Bible says your prayers and your alms have ascended as a memorial before God. And then after the angel who appeared to Cornelius and spoke these things, he gave him instructions. I want you to send to Joppa and fetch Peter. He's staying at Simon the Tanner's house and bring him to your house. The angel doesn't tell him why. He just says, that's what I want you to do. But because Cornelius is a, a, a God-fearing man, every, anything the angel said to him, he'd, he'd done it. And in, in fact, he did. He didn't just send anybody. He, he sent one of his, pers- from his personal guards, sent one of them and sent two other men who were trusted to go and get Peter as the angel directed him. And the story goes on, it's, very, it's, it's, a, it's a powerful adventure. I want you and I to enter that adventure today. For many of you, this will be an inauguration of the Holy Spirit working in your life to do the work of God. And it has never been more important than, than it is right now. And even so, this, this, um, this centurion, this captain in the army, commanded his men to go and, and get Peter. In the meantime, while these men are traveling from Cornelius's place to find Peter, which was at least a day, a full day's journey, at the same time, we have something happening in another area. And I want you to get this in mind because when God wants to work in your life and other people's lives, he will go before you and prepare And when God's speaking to you, he's always speaking to someone else. Now, Simon, who was, that is Peter, who was staying with Simon the the tanner in his home, he was hungry. I want you to remember that. He he got obviously really hungry, but he had to wait for them to prepare. I, I can't. I'm reminded now how many, how many times um, uh, we were invited after preaching and after, after services to someone's house. And um, they would say, please come to our house. We want the privilege of, of feeding. And we would go, my family would go, and we'd sit there on the couch, and we didn't know they still had to prepare it. And we sat on the couch waiting there, and I'm just wiped out, and the family's fidgeting, and, and, and we're waiting for them to put the meal on the table that has not even been prepared yet. I can imagine Peter, when he really got hungry, 
He's up there on top of the roof and he decides to take a nap. Because rather than deal with his hunger pains, he said, I'll sleep. And so he does. And in his sleep, he began to see a vision. And the vision described, it was amazing. It was like a, a sheet and the four corners of the sheet were let down and, and those, that sheet was set on the ground and when it was set on the ground, there were all kinds of, of four-footed animals and crawling creatures and, uh, of the earth and birds of the air. And then the Lord spoke, a voice spoke to Peter, said, Peter, kill and eat. And Peter in his vision said, no, Lord, by no means. Lord, I have never eaten anything unholy or unclean. Remember those words. He's hungry, but he won't eat what's unholy and what's unclean. Again, the voice came to him a second time and, and listen to what God said to him. What God has cleansed, mm, no longer consider unholy. What God has cleansed, no longer consider unholy or unclean. Again, the voice came to him. And, and, uh, and in fact, this happened three times to Peter. God had to give him this incredible vision. I don't know what was on the sheet, but I think about snakes and, 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 uh, and toad uh, frogs and, and roaches and, and, and uh, all kinds of birds and ostrich. Can you imagine ostriches? Uh, can you imagine four-footed creatures of the forest? All of them are on this sheet. And the, boy, the word of the Lord said, Peter, get up. You're so hungry. Kill these and eat these. He said, no, Lord, this is unclean. My culture, my religion, my habit, my lifestyle prohibits me from indulging in this. Isn't it amazing, though? After the third time, there's a, there's a knock on the door. And Peter was perplexed. What in the world was this vision? He was thinking about what the vision means while the men who were sent by Cornelius were knocking at the door. Peter then comes down and, uh, and, and of course he, he, he greets them and uh, they say to him, well, you know, my master Cornelius, he was visited and he was told that we must come and bring you to him. Now, what's amazing is Peter was a Jew. And he was an orthodox Jew. I'll use that term because he was one who leaned closely to the law. And one of the things the law prohibited was do not fraternize. Don't hang with. Don't anybody who's not a Jew, let alone go into their house. Don't you dare go in their house. If you enter the home of a person who's not a Jew, you are unclean. So Peter, who never wanted to be unclean, wouldn't have even thought about it. But these men who showed up, by the way, who were not Jewish, who were probably Romans, who've come to get him, and the Holy Spirit spoke to Peter as he was coming down the stairs. There's some men at the door for you right now. Go with them. Thank God that Peter had an ear. I need to tell you about Peter because I want you to find yourself. Because when Jesus finds Peter, 
Peter is a, a fisherman. And he, he, when he finds him, he's, he's, he, he, he says, hey, Peter. Actually, Jesus didn't ask Peter. He got in Peter's boat. Peter had been fishing all night, caught nothing. He was cleaning his nets. The boat's on the shore. Jesus walks, gets in the boat and says, Peter, put out into the deep. And Peter did it anyway. And Jesus preached and Peter listened and still had caught nothing. Then Jesus said, Peter, row your boat out a little further. Put your nets down now. And at a time of day when fish don't bite, everything was swimming into Peter's, into Peter's net. By the time this catch was over, Peter is on his face before Jesus saying, forgive me, I repent. And Jesus says to Peter, Peter, don't worry. You were a fisher of, of fish, fisherman of fish. But now I'm going to make you a fisher of men. That was the same Peter. That was the same, this is the same Peter who followed Jesus after the crucifixion. It's the same Peter who, who, uh, who, who when questioned about Jesus before his crucifixion, said, I don't know him, and cursed in front of what he said. He didn't have the courage to acknowledge who Jesus was. This is the same Peter that, that, the, Lord, the, that the Lord says to him, Peter, uh, Peter, I want you to feed my sheep. The same Jesus who forgave Peter, Peter who could not hardly want, did not want to even face Jesus after the resurrection. Same Peter, but who indeed faced him and Jesus spoke to him and, re, and, re, and revived him and forgave him. Same, this is the same Peter that on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit fell, that same Peter who found himself without courage full of cowardice who couldn't even associate, didn't even want to associate with Jesus. Same Peter, being filled with the Holy Spirit on, on that day, stands up and preach, preaches and 3,000 believers received Christ after he was filled with the Holy Spirit. That's, this is the same Peter. And that Peter now, who has now understood more of who he is and what he's to do, He's following Christ. He's following the Holy Spirit. Wherever the Holy Spirit said go, that's where he went. Even into a culture where he would be considered by others as unclean. He crossed the color line. He broke into a cultural barrier. He went with them. He had, by the way, there are a handful of other people who went with him. He didn't know exactly what he was getting into, but he knew... The Lord said, go, I'm going. I'm, I'm, I'm talking to you today. If God speaks to you to break the color line, to break the cultural line, to go in a place where, you know, you don't make that kind of money, but maybe God would send you there. In fact, God, for some of you listening to me now, he is sending you there. Would you break that line, the social barrier? Would you break the barrier of gender? Would you enter somebody's house who's a female or a male? This is what the Holy Spirit does. Peter went, and when they got to that home, Cornelius welcomed him. And when Cornelius welcomed him in, Peter said, look, 
And because Cornelius actually this, this centurion, this man of power and authority, falls on his face and begins to worship before Peter. He says, get up, get up, I'm a man just like you. And, and, he said, and then Peter said, but what, what, why did you call me? And Cornelius rehearsed the events. The angel showed up, probably in his time of devotion, and said, find Peter and send him here. And told us, he told me where you were. And now you are here. So whatever you have to say, say to us. And Peter stands up and he begins to preach. And as he begins to preach, a very simple message. And I, I believe it's so important for every single one of us to get it. Because right now, the Holy Spirit is dispatching his church for you to share the gospel with somebody who does not look like you. To take in. Let's put it on the other side, like the Cornelius is to take in somebody that doesn't have your culture. My question to you today, who is God sending to you to bring news? Who has God put his hand on? To, and and it, wouldn't, it be, wouldn't it be something if God sent somebody to you with a word from you, for you, and you said no because they don't look like you? No because they're not in your economic strata? No, because they're not of your same gender. Today, the question is, where, where are you? Are you like Peter being sent? Or are you like Cornelius receiving? The Holy Spirit is at work now. What will you do? Peter came in the door and began to preach an incredible message. The Bible says in verse 34 of chapter 10, he opened his mouth and he, and this is what, what Peter said, I most certainly understand now that God is not one who shows partiality, but in every nation, the man who fears him and does what is right is welcomed by him. Listen to the message that Peter preached. It's a message that has been commissioned to the whole church. God has, is no respect of persons. No matter where you are, whether you are on the upper income earners or whether you are on the bottom, the most poor, the gospel comes to you. No matter what you're wrestling with, you may be wrestling with your gender male or female, anything in between as such is labeled. The gospel comes to you. No matter who you are, rich or poor, male or female, whether you are of, of the Jewish culture or any other nation, it is always the gospel to the nations. Peter stood there and he said, you know about Jesus who was preached? This Christ who was, who was faithful and righteous went about doing good, healing all who, who were oppressed of the devil and God was with him and we are witnesses of these things because we saw it. Peter is confessing his relationship to Jesus the whole time. And then he says that same Jesus, they took him, they crucified him, they tortured him and they crucified him. But God 
raised him up from the dead. You know what, church? One thing we must now change in our gospel. Our gospel must be more than if you're poor, he'll make you rich. If, he's, if you're sick, he'll make you whole. That is true. If you're, if you're depressed, he'll raise you up out of your depression. That is true. That's part of the good news. But what we need to realize that the really good news is that Jesus is alive. Peter said, this Christ is risen from the dead. And while he was still speaking, verse 44, the Holy Spirit fell. It uses that word, very interesting word. The Holy Spirit fell upon them. Everyone who was listening to the message. I, I want to say this to you because there are those who, um, who have never heard the message. Jesus is alive and he's going to prove it to you right now. No matter where you are, no matter what condition you're in, no, no matter what, what economic problem you're, you're dealing with, no matter what sexual, sexual confusion you're, you're caught in, no matter, no matter, male, female, slave, free, rich, poor, Jew or Gentile, you're free. Peter said the gospel of peace has been preached and Jesus, who is alive, brings you peace. When they received that message, the Holy Spirit came upon them. Right there. And Peter said, oh my God. Because he, even Peter, though he heard the Holy Spirit go, he was shocked that they received the gospel. And I'm going to say this to you that are listening today. Whatever trouble you're having, whatever financial trouble you're in, Demise. Some of you have lost your businesses. Some of you don't know what to do. Some of your savings is gone. Some of you, your the situations that you stored up for your, uh, you know, for not, not only for your comfort, but for your security. It's gone. Some of you, your household, you've been suffering through this pandemic. Your household is breaking apart. Your marriages are failing after so many years. Some of you are sick. Some of you are impacted by Corona. Some of you are impacted long before Corona ever showed up. You were sick. I'm preaching to you today. I, I preach Jesus, his peace to you. Call upon him and he will answer you. Those of you who don't, you are, you, some of you are at your end and you're listening to this and they have not given you any more time. You're at the very last you're at the end of your days. Call upon Jesus and he will answer you. And the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And those of you who are listening to me of his church, may his Holy Spirit come upon you. May you enter into the adventure. Where are you in this? Maybe you're going along with somebody who's been sent, like Peter's people. Maybe God is telling you, call for so-and-so like he spoke to Cornelius. What you need to hear, that person has it. I, I, I question you today, if the Lord wanted to give you a message that would change your life, would you be willing to hear it from somebody who does not look like you? Who is he, who is he asking you to send for? Or maybe you're like Peter. I believe God has got his hand on the church right now 
and and we are to be as Peter is and was and and you are now being sent to speak the gospel to somebody else may the Holy Spirit empower you fill you full overflow you this very week as the angel of the Lord opens to you opportunities to preach and to share Oh, may you be prepared to take advantage of it. Peter said, um, what, what are we going to do? His friends were with him. He said, we, we need to baptize them. Why? Because the Holy Spirit has fallen upon them in the same way that he fell upon us. May the Holy Spirit fall upon you. May God, may God pour out his anointing over you to do the things he's commissioned you to do. In the name of Jesus, may your sins be forgiven. May your iniquity be washed away. May your rebellion be put to rest. May your sickness be healed today in the name of Jesus. I want you to receive it in Jesus' name. Amen.